May 17th, 2022. This is FOMO's a Mofo, a video game collecting podcast. Coming up on today's episode, Fall Guys goes free to play. EA Sports and FIFA break up after 30 years. And a major Batman game gets cancelled. Welcome to FOMO's a Mofo, episode 15. I am your host, Blue Swim, and we are uh, not live on Spreaker.com. We are having some uh, technical difficulties with the live stream portion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, some days it's just like that. Uh, I am your host, Blue Swim, and uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, including news on Fall Guys, which is apparently really, really popular, and I don't play it. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. But um, later on, I'll also have some impressions on Token Ranbu Warriors for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, that's coming out uh, in a few days. We'll, I'll run down some of the new releases since the last episode. And then in pickups and impressions, I have a uh, first-party Nintendo title and a limited-run uh, distribution title that I uh, waited for a physical copy of in the U.S. for probably three or four years and eventually bought digitally. And uh, yeah, of course, I had to double dip. <laughs> uh, some things are just like that. I guess it's about time to uh, roll on to collecting news. And the first thing on collecting news is that a uh, apparently major like cultural sensation uh, game that I've never played and I hear everybody talk about it and people stream it all the time and I just, you know, I barely know anything about it. But uh, Fall Guys is apparently going free to play. And on top of that, it is coming to some new platforms, including the Nintendo Switch and the Xbox. Um, I want to say it's going to be on PS5, too. It's, it's hard to tell, because I think this was, this was already out on PS4. And I'm not sure if it's going to PS5 natively, or if there's going to be support for it. I don't... I, I, I watched the, the trailer, I didn't fully get it. Uh, but anyways... The Switch and Xbox versions will be uh, coming out on June 21st. And uh, that's basically uh, almost a month away. So that's uh, not a lot of time to wait for that. Um, you know, some people have said that it's going to be kind of like with um, Among Us. Where it's like once this thing comes out, it is just going to be on top of the digital sales charts on the eShop just forever <laughs> i mean because uh, i mean honestly i can't remember the last time i didn't see among us on that list somewhere you know even when it's at full price the whole five dollars it's always up there um but uh this uh new version i think it's going to have some update content with it as well if you are an existing player you're going to get like some like extra bonus like an extra bonus pack of some content i think some Asks or hats or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't play Fall, uh, fall Guys. But um, fortunately, if you are wanting to jump from one platform to another, there will be not only cross-play, but cross-progression. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely a, a good way to do it. Yeah, so that'll be out next month. So not long to wait on that. But uh, next up... You know, everybody loves a good split, don't they? And EA Sports and the uh, FIFA, don't ask me what FIFA stands for, uh, soccer slash football uh, governing body, are going to be going their separate ways after FIFA 23. And this ends a 30-year relationship with EA Sports. And it's like, I remember, I remember when I was a kid, the first thing that um the the first the soccer game that i ever remember playing was uh ea sports fifa international soccer on the game gear and i really loved it on the game gear too i mean it's been a while since i've had a uh a functioning game gear but you know every time i've played it i've it, you know it sucked me right in and um it's hard to believe that you know, after all these years, the two are going their separate ways. And apparently it's over the uh, dreaded creative differences. 
Um, apparently, uh, EA was being forced to do some things uh, the way FIFA wanted wanted them to. So, uh, you know, they uh, finally decided to end things. And I think they, I want to say FIFA wanted like a, I'm not sure if it was a billion dollars a year. I think that's a little too much. Um, I want to say it was like billion dollars every four years for the FIFA license or something like that. And I mean, I know the series makes money hand over fist, you know, with the uh, Ultimate Team stuff. But, uh, you know, when you hear like a billion dollars just to have the FIFA name on the front of the box, it's like, (laughs) you know, I want to say somebody said that, uh, I'm not sure if it was an executive at EA or whatever, said something about, um, you know, FIFA being more valuable as a video game, you know, license you know the brand, the FIFA brand being more valuable as a video game license than as an actual governing body that you know people recognize. And it's, I mean, honestly, it's hard to dispute it because I know, I mean, at least being an American, you know, everything I've known about FIFA, the name FIFA, the brand FIFA, it all comes from the video games. I mean, you know, <laughs> and I mean, I've had very little, you know, actual exposure to FIFA, the actual real world organization so you know ea might be uh on the right track to save some money on that and i think they're still gonna have like a ton of uh the teams that are already in the game i, I know they had a uh, trailer or a, i think it was a trailer or a promo picture with a whole bunch of uh noteworthy uh, football teams from around the world that are already going to be a part of the successor to fifa 20 whatever that being EA Sports FC. And uh, to be honest, I actually don't hate that name. That's actually uh, pretty straightforward. I, I like straightforward names, you know. I mean, I, I love the imaginative stuff too, but, you know, when it's something like this, you just want something straight to the point. And um, there's also talk, speculation, whatever, that uh, 2K could possibly pick up the FIFA license um, in the uh, not-too-distant future. And, you know, I mean, you look at what, you know, 2K does with their sports titles. NBA 2K is, you know, save for what happened with uh, uh, 2K21, uh, you know, with the controversy around the shot meter or whatever. I mean, it's like everything they do with their sports titles is usually really good. Um, PGA Tour 2K... 21 was really good on the Switch. Um, the less said, the, uh, the better about uh, the last WWE 2K game that was on um, on the Switch. Well, of course, that was Battlegrounds, and I, of course I was thinking of 2K28, which was apparently abysmal. I mean, it, you know it's a, a bad wrestling game when even I won't won't get it. <laughs> and seriously, all they, whenever they drop it in price, it's always the same thing. They drop it to like 20 bucks or something like that or and it's just too much for a game that runs that badly and hasn't been fixed all these years later but something that won't be fixed is the uh, ps4 and xbox one versions of gotham knights the uh batman city crawling adventure spin-off or whatever uh has been canceled on those platforms and apparently the cancellation was made, quote, to provide players with a with the best possible gameplay experience. Um okay. I mean, let's let's be honest here. It's like the graphics can always be dialed back, but the PS4 is no slouch when it comes to power and, you know, I mean the the things that the PS5 can can do, I mean, that stuff is, you know, I mean, like I said, that stuff can be scaled back or scaled out or whatever and make these things run fine on the uh, previous gen consoles so you know and this isn't the first um i i I use no i'll say i use current gen to describe the consoles that are already out and next gen to describe the next generation whether they're out or not for the time being but um you know the uh the current gen consoles i mean it's like those things I mean, those things have a tremendous, you know, uh, a tremendous uh, following and, you know, tremendous support out there. Um, 
you know, I, I just, I, I can't really see the logic of, you know, skipping out on these two platforms. And uh, like I was about to say, um, you know, uh, this isn't the first time I've heard about a current gen version of a game uh, getting canceled like this. And uh, I forgot to make a note of it. But um, I did see something recently about another game just since uh, this announcement was made. And, uh, you know, you hate to see it because, I mean, I mean, these consoles, I mean, they're I mean, they're excellent. Everybody has them. They're readily available. You know, it's not like you have such a difficult time trying to find a PS4. Well, I stand corrected. You can't really find a PS4 because they stopped producing them and immediately uh, switched over to PS5. I think they said they were going to put out like another million PS4s just to uh, kind of act as a stopgap. Um, but generally speaking, it's like, you know, these consoles are, you know, not hard to find. And when you have such a huge install base of like 117 million on PS4, it's like, is it really smart to phase out that version of the game when you can just basically just scale back some settings and pretty much get the thing running about as well as you probably would on another console, more powerful console. But, um, yeah, the shift to the next generation has begun. It really has begun. When you start hearing about cancellations on current-gen consoles, you know that uh, the uh, momentum is starting to swing towards the next generation. Now, speaking of the next generation... Uh, Xbox is, uh, gonna have a little bit of a, uh, rough year because both, uh, the exclusives Starfield and Redfall, I want to say those are both Bethesda titles, but don't hold me to it, um, have been delayed out of 2022. Oh boy. You know, um, I've heard that the Series X tends to sell out a little bit slower than the PS5 does. And when you lose a big exclusive, or like two big exclusives, I guess you'd say, um, you know, out of this, you know, fiscal year, it's like that's some big momentum that you're losing. And apparently the uh, the release date for these games was announced, like, or at the very least for Starfield, that's the one everybody seems to care about the most. Uh, it's like, I think that was announced like over a year ago. And they're like, oh, we're going to hit this date. We're going to hit this date. And uh, yeah, no, you didn't. Um, honestly, say what you will about Nintendo, but with the exception of the Advance Wars 1 and 2 reboot camp and everything that happened with the uh, Ukraine uh, war contro uh, controversy, you know, generally speaking, when Nintendo announces a date, they hit it. And that's largely because they don't announce these dates until they're like a month or two out. And, I mean, it, as a gamer, it's kind of tough because it's not a lot of time to really plan around these things when you already know, oh, this is coming out in this month and that's coming out in that week and this, that, and the other thing. It can be hard to uh, kind of keep up with some of these releases when they are just pretty much shadow-dropped on you uh, with, you know, a matter of weeks' notice, you know? But, um, you know, the thing is with the uh, with this, uh, Series X, it's like, I mean, these are two big losses as far as, like, you know, brand-new titles, but... You know, they still have Game Pass and everything that comes with it. Uh, I want to say some Ubisoft titles are going to be joining the service at some point as well. Um, yeah, I mean, these things are an inconvenience if you are a uh, platform owner. But uh, at the very least, you know, with everything that joins Game Pass and games with gold and stuff like that, you know, I don't think you'll feel this quite as badly as you probably would, but it's definitely going to hurt a bit when they don't have as many, or th perhaps that big, uh, holiday title. But, um, let's see. Now, moving on, speaking of Nintendo, uh, yeah, there's an interesting tidbit on Xenoblade Chronicles 3's Collector's Edition. And apparently this is for Europe. I'm not sure about America. We haven't heard anything specifically for America yet about this particular issue. 
But apparently the contents of the collector's edition, the, uh, let's see what it says here, the Nintendo Switch Steelbook case, soft cover, uh, concept art book, and outer box packaging will be delivered separately at a later date. Expected delivery timing, autumn 2022. So you're going to get the collector's edition, and you're going to get the game in the box itself. But all the collector's edition goodies in Europe, they are going to be delivered later. WTF. I don't know if it's like some sort of a um, like a customs issue or something. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe a manufacturing issue, but... Um, that is pretty unusual. I mean, of course, you know what I say about Nintendo hitting dates and stuff like that. Um, this is kind of a weird set of circumstances. Uh, I, I I guess it's it must be something manufacturing related or shipping related or something like that. Um, but, you know, you need to keep your eyes peeled just in case, you know, that uh, happens with the uh, U.S. release as well. Or maybe they are diverting copies from Europe to the U.S., and they're going to deliver those goodies later um, because of it? That's a possibility, too. I mean, I'm not sh quite sure what to think about it, but nonetheless, if you are interested in the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Special Edition, uh, yeah, there's a, a huge asterisk that you uh, need to be aware of. Now, moving on... Uh, Limited Run has opened up some pre-orders on, wait for it, unreleased Atari 2600 games. <laughs> yep. So apparently uh, the three games that are going to be released include Yars Revenge, which obviously has had releases on different consoles, different versions, stuff like that, uh, Aqua Venture, and Saboteur. And these three Atari 2600 games are going to get a physical cartridge release uh, distributed uh, with license from Atari. And uh, apparently these never had a physical Atari 2600 cartridge release. So if you are a collector of the uh, vintage stuff, then you are... Uh, Definitely going to want to be uh, interested in this. And you might not like <laughs> this next part. Uh, yeah, they are available in limited editions, and they are $149 each. Yow! Next up is an important update for Pokemon Home. And if you remember, Pokemon Home is basically the, uh, I guess you'd say the bank, the, uh, your Pokemon multi-version stockpile hoard, if you will. <laughs> um, well, it is getting an important update, and as a matter of fact, I think the update has already gone out and they're doing maintenance to, uh, get things ready, but, uh, they are going to be adding support for Pokemon Legends Arceus, Brilliant Diamond, and Shining Pearl. And apparently the support is going to go live tomorrow on May 18th. You know, um, I, I, I gotta tell you, it's like Pokemon Home is one of those things where it's like, I wish it existed like 20 years ago. I mean, it kind of did to a degree because I had, you know, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Stadium 2, and of course there were some other things on GameCube that I re really didn't mess around with. But, like, the idea of taking all your Pokemon with you in every game, no matter where they go, it's like, I love, I love that idea. Well, I mean, granted, some things might be incompatible just due to version differences or whatever. But, um, yeah, I want to say that, um, you know, Pokemon Home is free for, like, your first... I can't remember if it's, like, 6 or 12 Pokemon. Some, some small number, and then if you want to add more to your to your bank or your collection or whatever, uh, then you have to uh, shell out a monthly fee or an annual fee. I think it's like, I want to say it's like 15 bucks a year, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, something like that uh, for it. So, I mean, that, that's not terrible, I suppose. Um, but, uh, you know, 
it's going to be uh, another uh, interesting thing to see how uh, Pokemon Violet and Scarlet do at the end of the year. Because we've already had, like I said, these three new games come out and we are in mid-May. You know, I mean, the last six months we've had, you know, a pretty decent selection of Pokemon games already. So, who knows? Now, moving on, we have some details on the pre-orders for EA Sports F1 22, the standard edition. So apparently the uh, pre-orders are going to include the F1 style, uh, F1 Life Starter Pack, F1 Style Pack. That, now, that would have been fun. That would have been a good, good way of doing it. Um, and that apparently includes uh, where it says, Start customizing your unique space with furniture, wall art, and a player t-shirt. And yeah, I, the, I'm assuming those are all digital goodies. <laughs> um, and also the uh, F1 22 New Era Content Pack. And it says, Celebrate the release of F1 22 with exclusive in-game items inspired by the stunning official Formula 1 2022 New Era car. I was thinking, okay, New Era, are they going to do a cap with it? Is there going to be a hat? Is there going to be a New Era hat? MLB The Show didn't do it this year. Damn it, I need a new hat. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, 5,000 Pitcoin. That's not Bitcoin. That's Pitcoin. Uh, virtual currency to spend in-game. So yeah, it's going to be one of those things. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like the game's being developed by Codemasters, so at the very least, you know, it's being done by somebody that actually knows how to make good racing games. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not the microtransactions are going to fuck things up. Um, well... Moving on, we have Token Ranbu Warriors being announced for Steam. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, be coming out next week. Seriously, they waited until this week to announce the Steam release of a game coming out next week. And, I mean, the Steam version is apparently coming out next week. And, not, I mean, let, let me say this. Uh... You know, when it comes to the Warriors games, I just, I love these things to pieces. That being said, I know practically nothing about Token Ranbu. Apparently there's an anime, it's, I, I guess it's like an Otome uh, style game. Um, which is quite frankly not up my alley. Uh, I, you know, they're not my type. <laughs> um, but, that being said, I did have a chance to at least give the game a spin via a demo that just launched on the Switch, and I'm not sure if it's available on Steam as well. You might need to check into that one yourself. Uh, but I gotta tell you, for somebody that, you know, isn't interested in the Otome theme of the game, has no attachment whatsoever to the franchise, you know, it's like I jumped into the demo of this, and I actually had a pretty good time with it. Uh, so basically, uh, the game takes place in the year 2205. And the characters in the game are made up of legendary swords brought to life in human form. Uh, and like I said, because this is no Tome, there are uh, no female playable characters that I can find. So uh, yeah, keep that in mind. Um... Let's see. Uh, basically, and here's here's the thing that kind of kind of threw me a little bit when I was playing the demo. Uh, okay, so in Japan, the names are flipped around. You'll say the the family name first, the given name second. So uh, what kind of threw me a little bit was in the translation for this, the way the names are spoken in the Japanese dialogue. The, uh, the, uh, the voiceovers, because it doesn't have English audio. Uh, the way they are spoken, or uh, written, is exactly the same way they are spoken. So they have put the given name first, and the, or the, the given name second, excuse me, and the uh, last name first. And it's, it, it kind of confused me. It's like, I'm, I'm still kind of wrapping my head around it. Like the, first name is last and the last name is first it's like 
it's a translation issue, I guess you'd say. And I actually noticed a couple of those when I was uh, playing through it. Uh, basically, the uh, the governing body in the game is called, I believe it's the Government of the Time. And why it's called the uh, Government of the Time is because basically these Ranbu warriors are uh, essentially defending the past from uh, demons that are trying to go back in time and change historical events or something like that. But, you know, the Government of the Time... Uh, yeah, that's, uh, not how you're supposed to say that stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, it should obviously be the government of time. And, you know, it's like, it's almost like too literal of a translation. At least the mistakes seem to be. Um, I also noticed one instance, and because it was a cutscene, and I was kind of, like, double-checking it as, as it was going on that passed before I had the chance to, you know, go back and look... I think they might have mistakenly used will, W-I-L-L, instead of will, W-E, apostrophe, L-L, in uh, one particular cutscene. I I think that was it. I could be wrong. But um, it's like I I was reading it and I'm like, wait a minute, I don't know if that makes sense or not. And then when I went back to double check, of course, it was like already gone. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I've seen some translation issues. Um, some of the dialogue is not translated, like some of the character voices, like right at the beginning of the stage, they'll say some some sort of a phrase right before they go into battle, and it's not translated. Um, but that being said, it is a Warriors game, and I was able to jump into it immediately, and I actually had a really good time with it, save for the, uh, the issues I mentioned. Um, and... Uh, you know, basically the gameplay, it's, you know, pretty similar to uh, the typical Warriors experience. They've changed around some things a little bit. Instead of having, like, a traditional strong attack, it's like you have, like, a special attack that isn't, like, the typical Muso attack or whatever uh, mapped to X. I think it's X. Um, you know, basically, and it's, like, tied to, I, I think, the, the number of strikes, the number of normal attacks, and your character's level or something something like that um it's a little bit different uh it works really well um you know quite frankly you know the gameplay is you know it's like i said it's a typical warriors game so if you've played it before played any of them before i mean you pretty much know what to expect with this um what you might not be expecting is the fact this actually runs really really well on switch uh and i guess because it's not a multi-platform release is just focused directly on the Switch. Maybe they had, you know, more resources to optimize the game, I guess. But, uh, you know, the demo looked great on my TV. Uh, it ran very well. And it's got a neat, like, an anime graphical style to it. Um, it, it reminds me a bit of Fire Emblem Warriors, in a way. But maybe, uh, like, the next generation version of that, if you will. Um... But, you know, it looks great. It plays great. The soundtrack was actually pretty catchy when I was uh, when I was playing the demo. There's some good tracks in there. But, um, you know, the demo is out now. You can check it out. It's not a very long demo. You have basically, like, the uh, introductory tutorial stages, which are only, like, a minute long or two. You know, not counting cutscenes and dialogue and stuff like that. Uh, I think I've whipped through the demo in about 45 minutes total with the cutscenes and everything. But your save data does uh, uh, does uh, transfer over to the full version, which comes out next week. And it is getting a physical release. And, you know, basically the Token Rambu franchise, it's an anime franchise. So, you know, I know there's some audience for it, but I just don't feel like this franchise is like a big one over here. I mean, of course, it might just be me not paying attention to a genre that isn't in my wheelhouse, but... I just, I've never heard anybody really talk about it. It doesn't seem to be blipping on anybody's radar. So I, I, I don't think this is going to get like a huge print run. So I might end up grabbing it sooner than I'd probably want to. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, give the demo a spin if you like the Warriors games. And, you know, 
it might be up your alley. Um, you know, like I said, the Otome, the Otome stuff doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily appeal to me, but independent of that, the gameplay was good. You know, you're basically trying to defend time from demons. Uh, so, I mean, it's, there, there's some interesting, you know, elements to it there, but you might need to know some backstory stuff on the world and the characters and stuff like that before you jump into this. So, uh, just bear that in mind. Well, that will do it for collecting news. Uh, coming up, we will have some new releases and my pickups and impressions of the week. Well, actually, it's probably just going to be pickups because I uh, didn't get around to playing any of these. <laughs> oh, well. Back in a moment. Let's talk new releases. And since it's been a little bit longer than usual since the uh, previous episode, we have a few things to catch up on. And the first of which is Pretty Presents NIS Classics Volume 2, Makai Kingdom, and ZHP, Unlosing Ranger vs. Dark Death Evil Man. And let me tell you, ZHP is like one of my all-time favorite PSP games. It is like an amazing, amazing strategy RPG. It's like a strategy RPG roguelike, if I remember correctly. It's been a while since I've played it. And I got way far in it, and I just never got around to finishing it up because other things come out. That's just, it's the curse of games that are uh, longer than five hours, you know. You just can't get through them all. Um, but uh, basically, uh, you know, from what I've seen, you know, these are basically straightforward ports. You're not getting much in the way of a remaster or, you know, a, re, you know, a remake or something, anything like that. Um, but at the very least, you know, these are two games, I, I believe with the, uh, the first one, Makai Kingdom, uh, I can't remember the subtitle on that, but I think that's a port of the, uh, PSP version of the PS2 game, or the PS, the PC port of the PSP version, or something like that. Basically, I think it's got the, uh, most content, and it's the, uh, most up-to-date version of it. Um, I have heard that some people have encountered some sort of a save glitch uh, with Makai Kingdom like about halfway through. Uh, I don't know if it's been patched or not. I have not been able to find that information out for myself. So uh, just bear that in mind. But this does have a physical release. And just like with the first NIS Classics game with... Um, uh, let's see, what, what was that one that came with it? Um, Phantom Brave. And I can't remember the other one. Can't... <laughs> Good lord, it's not like I have like a bazillion games coming at me all the time because of the show. <laughs> but basically, just like with that one, I believe it comes with like a fancy collector's box. And maybe an art book. As well as a soundtrack CD. So basically, it's like they kind of got into a like a good format with this where they're basically doing all the physical releases with, like, a few extras along with it. And if you really want to get, like, the special deluxe edition, you can get, like, a two-soundtrack CD with, you know, one CD for each of the games included. Uh, I think you can get that on the uh, NIS store. But, um, you know, if you want to get this digitally, I want to say it's 40? So I have 30 or 40? I think it's 40. Um... But at the very least, you know, definitely pick this up for ZHP because that's a, um, it's kind of a take on the uh, tokusatsu uh, style of TV shows. Basically, you play this hero that isn't actually a hero. I think he was like a delivery driver or something like that because he accidentally hit the real hero, hero and killed him <laughs> or something like that. And now he has to fight, you know, Dark Death Evil Man, the evil villain. Um. And uh, basically, the game progresses by your main character dying. <laughs> it's like some some weird gimmick. I mean, it's like I said, it's been far too many years since the last time I really sat down and played it. But um, basically, you know, you get stronger through death, and it's like you keep repeatedly dying every time you fight Dark Death Evil Man, and that's kind of like the uh, gimmick of the story. And um, and if and if I remember correctly, the uh, the actual hero serves as like your mentor as you are, you know, training in the uh, in the underworld or something like that. I mean, it, it's a crazy 
you know, crazy out there kind of game and just the kind of style and sense of humor that you'd expect from, you know, the Disgaea, you know, the company behind Disgaea. So if you like those games, definitely give this one a look. Uh, it's worth it for ZHP all by itself. Um, but uh, yeah, check that out. I, and I don't know that there's going to be a release on any other, any other platforms at this particular moment in time. NIS seems to really be pumping them out for the Switch. I guess I know what side their bread is buttered on. And, you know, having all these games on a home console and a portable all at once, it, uh, yeah, it's an easy sell, dude. I, I didn't. I don't think I said that right. It's an easy sell, dude. There we go. That's better. God channel that inner printing. <laughs> um. So moving on, there's actually been a uh, a big release in the lewd category on Switch, if you will. <laughs> uh, that being East Asia Soft's Seven Pirates H. And if memory serves me correctly, this is a port of a PS Vita game. Switch means life. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, this is, you know, a game where you play as anime waifu pirate girl. And I guess her, like, monster girl friends or something like that. And basically, as you level up, uh, the character's boobs get bigger. <laughs> Seriously. Like, uh, there's like some sort of like a leveling up mechanic where whichever way you move the thumbsticks in certain ways and click certain things or whatever basically kind of like nips or pushes or shoves or separates. and s Basically, all these different things that you can do to boobs, you do them with control sticks, and by doing things in different ways, it boosts different stats. And the, the stronger you are, the bigger your boobs get. I swear to God, Teenage Me did not make this game. This was not his doing or my doing. <laughs> it sounds like something I would have invested 75 hours into when I was growing up. I mean, seriously. It, I mean, it, it's delightfully ridiculous. But apparently the gameplay itself is like a turn-based RPG. Uh, maybe a bit of a basic one. Um, you know, I mean, it, I guess you'd say it's probably... It, it, at 40 bucks. you know, it's hard to call it like a budget release, I guess you'd say. But it's, you know, it's kind of more like a... Um, Let's see if it's not like single A. It's more like a double A release, I guess you'd say. I, I don't know anymore. But, um, you know, if, if you like games with apparently a good, lewd sense of humor to it, uh, absolutely check this one out. I believe it's on sale for a few more days at $34 down from 40 And there is a physical release you can get through Play Asia. I'm not sure if it's sold out or not. Let's see, moving on, Trek to Yomi came out on PlayStation consoles. This is a uh, game I talked about a few weeks or a few months ago on uh, during my reactions to the State of Play presentation they did. I guess it was about a month and a half ago, something like that. Uh, time flies. And uh, this is like a black-and-white samurai side-scrolling action game, if I remember correctly. It was, like, one of the titles that actually, like, stood out to me in the presentation because everything was just kind of, like, eye-rolling, generic action game. <laughs> or at least that's just how it feels anymore. Nothing really impresses me when it all looks the same. But, um, yeah, apparently reviews for that have been very good. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's a good game on PlayStation. That isn't... Apparently, I don't think it's on any other platforms at this particular moment in time, or at the very least, I haven't heard about it. So, a good exclusive for uh, PlayStation 4 and possibly PlayStation 5 users as well. I guess it's probably backwards compatible on PS5, or they had a dedicated version on PS5. I don't know anymore. I try my best to keep up, but there's like a melting pot of random video game knowledge going on in my brain all the time. <laughs> Some stuff kind of swirls together a little bit. But, um, yeah, that's definitely worth checking out if you are looking for something to play on your shiny new PS5. Now, this is one that I knew nothing about, I still know next to nothing about, 
But when I saw the name, I just had to stop and go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and it is Rift Tracks the Game. So I'm guessing this is kind of like the Rift Tracks equivalent of making like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 game. But it has like party game elements to it as well. So I'm not sure if you're putting like one-liners on all these clips or something like that. I have no idea. But it was just something so ridiculous and so out of the ordinary that I had to stop and say, it, it, this is fucking ridiculous and it's coming out. Or actually it's out now. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea if it's good or not. I think it's pretty cheap. So, it, you know, set your expectations kind of low with it. But nonetheless, if you like Rift Tracks, they made a game about it. Okay? I can't say that was ever anything on my bingo card, but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just go with it. Now, the last thing that I will mention in new releases is another uh, bigger title on PS4 and PS5, that being Evil Dead the Game. And apparently you can get the uh, PS4 and PS5 version for $39.99 in the Standard Edition, and there is also a Digital Deluxe Edition for the uh, typical Standard $59.99 price. And to be honest with you, I've never seen the Evil Dead. Not once. Not even more than just few minutes. I know the main character somehow, some way, ends up with a chainsaw for a hand or something like that. And, uh, no, I'm not getting that mixed up with, uh, with Sharknado, but I think that did happen to, uh, Tara Reid as well. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. What can I say? But, um, yeah, apparently that, uh, just came out today, if I'm correct. Uh, so, uh, if you are a fan of the Evil Dead, and I know this game has been talked about for a while now, so there is some hype around it, uh, yeah, the, uh, the wait is over, and it's out, and it can be yours right now. And that will do it for the new releases that I made note of. I mean, it's kind of like a weird period of time, because there's, like, a bazillion things coming out, but, like, some of them are, like, smaller titles or indie titles, and you have no idea what's good, what is absolute shit. You know, I just try to keep it to the uh, titles I've actually heard something about. <laughs> um, rather than getting, like, completely obsessed with titles that I have no idea if anybody even cares about. But with the end of new releases, it is time to move on to pickups and impressions. And it's more like pickups this week because I don't really have much in the way of impressions on these. I mean, I can talk about my experiences with them previously, but I haven't spent any time with these two in particular yet. And the first is Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. And I bought this as a companion to uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, which was one I bought at launch with the uh, little Pokeball attachment. And, you know, let me tell you. I love this game, but the changes that they made to the original format kind of drive me nuts. You know... I don't want to be, like, doing motion controls to try to throw a Pokeball and having it go wide left for whatever strange reason that I can't understand repeatedly. <laughs> you know, I just I want to get in there, throw my Pokemon out there, battle the hell out of something, throw a Pokeball at it by hitting a button. That's all I want to do. That's all I wanted to do. And I want Pro Controller support for it, and I didn't get either one of those things. That being said, you know, you know... Those criticisms aside, you know, I, I actually did have a lot of fun when I played through Let's Go Pikachu uh, over the last two years, two and a half years, something like that. I, re I really did enjoy it. It's a very beautiful uh, reimagining of the original game. And uh, I'm looking forward to spending some time with Eevee this, this time around because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting some interactions and motions and stuff like that to be a little bit different just because it's a different Pokemon. Uh, I don't really know what else to expect besides, you know, just a different variety of Pokemon with it. But uh, recently they had a major sale on Pokemon games, like some of the lowest prices I've ever seen on any of them. Uh, and I managed to get this one for 30 bucks, which is half off. And, you know, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's, it's a known commodity. It's, you know, it's worth it just to try to, you know, fill out my Pokedex with the ones I couldn't capture. 
I, I still say that buying two versions of a game just to get a complete Pokedex thing needs to go. That's like one of those evolutionary step forwards that uh, Pokemon needs to make. But um, I know they also had uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl down to 40 bucks. Uh, I think Sword and Shield were down to around that price as well. I don't know if Arceus, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus might have been down to like 45 or something like that. But they just, they had a lot of Pokemon games on sale. Oh, uh, New Pokemon Snap was on sale for 40 as well. And, I mean, let me tell you, uh, if you are a fan of the Pokemon games, that was a uh, great time to uh, pad out your collection a little bit. And I uh, decided to make the uh, most of the opportunity and uh, grab Eevee. And God, Eevee is just cute as hell on the cover of that box. <laughs> but uh, next up in my uh, last pickup for this week is actually a uh, limited run title. I finally got in my physical uh, limited run distribution title. A copy of Blaze Blue Central Fiction Special Edition on the Switch. And, you know, early on, this was uh, released as a digital only title. I want to say it was like in the first few months of the Switch's life. I want to say it was like a year one title. And everybody wanted to have a physical release for it. And it did have a physical release internationally. I think you had the European version and the East Asian Japanese versions. But in America, nothing. No physical release whatsoever. And people have wanted this title physically for years. And finally, they decided to give it to us. And basically, this version is the uh, feature complete version. It has all the DLC characters with it. All the updates, I believe. Um, and this is the final chapter in the Blaze Blue saga, as far as the main story goes. And, you know, I've played the title, you know, numerous times throughout the years. I picked it up originally on PS3, I think it was. And, um, and it, you know, this, this game has some really, really good single-player content to it. You have the Abyss mode, where you're basically traversing down stages, trying to, uh, you know, build up your character with, uh, you know, stat boosts and, you know, uh, different uh, spells and whatnot that will increase your health with every hit you, you make or something like that. I mean, just basically various different uh, buffs de buffs and debuffs. And uh, you can basically kind of level up your character along the way, so it's got that RPG uh, aspect to it. It's like you can just drop a ton of time into this mode. And then, you know, you have the uh, typical visual novel meets fighting game story mode to it. And then you also have three different versions of the main arcade mode because there were three different like stories and endings and whatnot that were released for the game when it was in arcades. And all of that is bundled in too on top of, you know, all the online play and the original soundtrack. And I wasn't exactly crazy about how they integrated the, um, the original soundtrack into this as well because... Um, You'd have to pick the tracks individually. It's not the sort of thing where you can go into the options and say, oh, you can have both versions of um, uh, Bam Sh uh, Bang Shishigami's uh, theme song play. You know, you have the mo the original version and the uh, Central Fiction, the modern remake version or whatever. Basically, you are stuck with the remake version and you can manually select the original version if you are like in versus mode and you are picking the stage and soundtrack and stuff like that. Wasn't thrilled about that integration to it. That was uh, one of my uh, biggest issues with it. because the, And it's a big issue because the soundtrack of Blaze Blue is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it's genuinely amazing music. And it's usually one of the first things I, uh, I toss on, you know, whenever I want to listen to a good game soundtrack. Um, but, you know, uh, the uh, physical release of Central Fiction... Uh, I think it's going to be available through Amazon. It'll run you 50 bucks, which, you know, is not great. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it kind of like puts to rest that, like kind of like a tension or an unease about not getting a physical version of this game in the States. It's like one of those things where it's like you can finally put put the issue to bed. 
And truth be told, I actually haven't even uh, opened up my my copy of it yet. Uh, I think I was busy or... I'm trying to think. I can't remember if I was busy or in pain or what. Uh, yeah. Basically, uh, yeah, I get thwomped with those headaches from time to time. And yeah, I think I was dealing with like the remnants of a migraine when that came in. I never got around to really opening it up just... You know, snapping a couple of pictures for it for Twitter. <laughs> but that will do it for my pickups this week, and I'll have some more fun stuff to talk about next week. Uh, but that will do it for this week's episode of FOMO's a Mofo. I would love to thank you for listening. Uh, please be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. FOMO's a Mofo is now available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Deezer, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podchaser, and GeoSavan. Still not sure I'm pronouncing that one right, so bear with me if I, if I didn't. And if you feel so inclined, please drop the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, because it will greatly help with the visibility of the show. And it's also greatly appreciated. You know, this is like a grassroots thing. I don't have, like, a big fancy website to, uh, you know, kind of, you know, build this show up from. This is all me and all my tweets. And speaking of tweets, you can follow the show on Twitter at FOMOZAMOFO, or you can follow my personal account at BlueSwim and hear me rant about uh, WWE screwing over Sasha Banks and Naomi and stuff like that. (laughs) Well, that'll do it for this show, everybody. Have a great week, and happy collecting. Peace.